Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Brian Lehrer on WNYC. And now we turn to our climate story of the week, which we're doing on Tuesdays again in 2024. Last week, we talked about the state of the state addresses from Governor Hochul in New York and Governor Murphy in New Jersey. And while both governors acknowledged that climate was one of the defining issues of our time, they didn't spend a lot of time elaborating on what they see as solutions. So we thought we would devote our climate story of the week this week to drilling down a little more and including clips from the speeches on what Hochul and Murphy did say about climate and how they seem to be setting up climate policy proposals in 2024. So joining me now to break down all of this are Marie French and Ry Rivard, who cover energy and the environment for Politico in New York and New Jersey, respectively. Marie and, and Rye, welcome back to WNYC. Good morning. Good morning. And Marie, we're going to dive right in with a clip from Governor Hochul. Since you're on the New York side, here's a clip of the issues that she ticked through during her State of the State address. We'll protect the environment by planting 25 million trees, fund resiliency efforts and expand solar access and make sure our state meets our bold emission targets. So, Marie, can you get a bit more granular out of that list? Which efforts are most likely to happen this year or are HOCA most likely to push during the legislative session? Yeah, well, so it's it's really interesting. The governor did not devote uh, really any substantial part of her speech to the climate crisis um, this year. She did uh, mention the, the tree planting initiative, and she's propo- proposed about $47 million for that. Um, 25 million trees by 2033 actually falls far short of what's recommended in the state's climate plan. It calls for 680 million trees by 2040. In New uh, York State be, alone. To be planted in the state. Yeah, I know it's uh, <laughs> kind of uh, kind of intense to think about that. Um, but she where has are actually all, Where are they all going to go, by the way? Do, do they get specific <laughs> about that? Are they going to just walk around the Adirondacks, you know, and point plant trees in between the trees that are already there? Or do you know how that's supposed to go? Uh, it's definitely going to be a lot of reforestation and trying to, you know, plant trees in places that they used to be, but they aren't anymore. Urban forests maybe are, are part of the solution there. But yeah, it's a it's a big goal and it requires a lot of acreage. Yeah, um, and it's to, kind of an aside, achieve. but I wonder if the state will will get involved in uh, what the city already has a program for, but it may not be robust enough, and that is getting a lot of trees planted uh, on treeless blocks and some of the especially lower-income neighborhoods in the city uh, where trees are not abundant but should be just for quality of life. And and that's been a city initiative. It's kind of been meh, I think, so far, even across three administrations, Bloomberg, de Blasio, and now Adams. Uh, So I don't know if Hochul sees a role in that. There's a climate aspect. There's a general daily quality of life aspect in that. Uh, But that would be interesting if there could be money from the state to plant more trees around the neighborhoods of of New York City. But we digress, right? (laughs) Yeah, well, that's, um, I think that's part of it, you know, in terms of the the grants that will be available in Bond Act funding as well. But, um, yeah, she she did, uh, you know, lay out some some major proposals 
as part of her policy book um, that she didn't really mention in her, in her speech, um, surprisingly. All right, and we'll come back to Governor Hochul, but moving over to New Jersey, Rye, Governor Murphy brought up his goal of 100% clean energy by 2035. Let's take a listen to a clip, 30 seconds, from Murphy's State of the State Address. One of the hallmarks of our administration has been planting a flag in the industries of tomorrow. Just look at where New Jersey stands when it comes to one of the most promising and important sectors of all, renewable energy. We have set one of the most ambitious clean energy goals in the entire country, and it is a goal we remain firmly committed to, 100% clean energy by the year 2035. All right, Rye, what's in the bill? So, you know, he set this goal when he came to office about six years ago. He had a, 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 at the time, fairly ambitious clean energy by 2045, 2050 kind of goal a couple decades out. Um, Then under pressure from environmental groups that he wasn't doing enough. In his second term, he extended that last year or moved it up to 2035, 100% by 2035. Um, But that's an executive order. And anybody who follows New Jersey politics knows we tend to go back and forth between Republican governors and Democratic governors. Of course, Chris Christie came before Murphy. Um, of course, I'm before Christie. And so um, there is this feeling among a lot of people in New Jersey who, who want this goal to be real that it needs to be a law. And so far, there is not a law. There is just an executive order and a bill to hit the 100 percent by 2035 goal and make it a state law sort of failed last year. And there's some promises uh, to bring it up early in the legislative session that just began uh, with the governor's speech last week. Um, but he didn't specifically say, as he did with some other pieces of legislation, hey, you know, legislator, I'm going to sign your bill if you send it to me. He didn't say that about that bill. So he's sticking by his goal, but um, whether it's going to be a law that endures um, is sort of to be determined in New Jersey. Right. what does 100% clean energy by 2035 mean? Does that mean that in a mere 11 years, there would be no <clears throat> no more homes or apartment buildings um, using um, gas stoves? Does it mean there would be no more gasoline-powered cars on the road? I mean, what does 100% clean energy by 2035 mean? So this, this goal, we're just talking about power. We're not talking about converting um, gas stoves to electric stoves. He's talking about that, but that's not part of the 100% goal. We're just talking about electricity. Um, so that means keeping the nuclear plants in the state that provide 40% of the clean energy or renewable energy that New Jersey gets, keeping those open, uh, expanding offshore wind, um, you know, maybe bringing in some wind power um, from, you know, further west, uh, continuing to invest in solar energy in New Jersey. Um, Those are the kinds of things we're talking about. Uh, We're not talking about, uh, you know, converting every car and every gas stove. Um, That's a sort of longer out there goal. So you're talking about the utilities. And, and Marie, I know you were interested in, on the New York side, the New York Heat Act, which aligns utility regulation with state climate justice and emission reduction targets. It's in Hochul's policy book, though it wasn't in the speech. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, um, I think it, it sets up a, a really interesting um, battle here for the, the upcoming session. You know, last year, um, environmental advocates successfully pushed for 
limits on, on gas and fossil fuels and new buildings. And now this starts to tackle sort of the existing gas system and the continued expansion of it, you know, beyond just, just new construction. So um, Hochul has endorsed ending subsidies for new hookups for gas service. Um, it's dubbed, uh, you know, very, uh, very cleverly the 100 foot rule because it requires, you know, all other utility rate payers to subsidize new hookups for 100 feet of, of service line. Hmm. Um, and she's also endorsed ending sort of the obligation to serve, which which mandates that if you ask a gas utility to hook up your building, they're required uh, currently to to do that if they can safely and reliably do so. Um, and so she's uh, she's sort of pushing to align it more with with the state's climate law to start to manage a potential downsizing of the gas system. But we still haven't seen details, um, and she's she's not pr- uh, supporting a key component of of NY Heat that advocates uh, are really keen on, which is an affordability component. Listeners, we're in our climate story of the week, which we do Tuesdays on the Brian Lehrer Show. We're talking about climate components of the state of the state addresses and the policies for policy priorities for 2024 uh, from Governor Hochul in New York and Governor Murphy in New Jersey with uh, our guests from Politico, who are a New York energy and environment correspondent for Politico, Marie French, and same for New Jersey for Politico, Rye Rivard. And any questions or comments about 2024 and Governor Murphy or Governor Hochul climate policy at the state level, 212-433-WNYC, 212-433-9692. Call or text, and we'll continue to hear some more clips from their State of the State addresses. Rye, here's a Murphy question from a listener texting in. If Murphy is serious about the 2035 goal, what's his plan for offshore wind in light of recent cancellations? That's a great question. Um, and we still don't know the answer. I think he has accelerated um, the bidding process for new offshore wind farms. Uh, just for your listeners who, who may have forgotten, New Jersey had planned for and approved three offshore wind farms uh, kind of fall of last year. Two of those projects were canceled um, by a Danish developer, Ersted. And so we're sort of waiting to see what's next. I think Murphy is trying to sort of aggressively um, you know, secure new contracts. Um, but, you know, none of these projects at this point are, are likely to be built uh, while he's in office. Um, you know, you might see some ribbon cuttings and that kind of thing. Um, but, um, you know, it's it's really about the, the long runway now um, for offshore wind in New Jersey. How about wind on the New York side, Marie? Um, we know it's been, there's been a push and pull on Long Island, just as there's been on the Jersey shore. Yeah, um, well, so uh, the developer of the project that kind of got that major pushback uh, with the Long Beach um, community for the transmission line um, actually canceled their contract with New York, which is an interesting step because there was a path for them to rebid the project without canceling it um, into this um, ongoing New York solicitation. We'll definitely know more about what's going to happen with some of these earlier uh, New York projects that have faced, you know, major cost increases due to inflation. Um, and in just uh, nine days, actually, is the deadline for for companies to submit new bids um, for those projects and any uh, any new projects that they think uh, are competitive. 
Now, both Governors Murphy and Hochul are pinning clean energy initiatives to economic opportunities. Here's 28 seconds of Governor Murphy. This is not just about doing what is right for our planet, although it is. This is also about creating a generation of good-paying jobs in the industries that will literally power our future, like offshore wind and solar. And clean energy is just one example of how we are reclaiming our state's legendary legacy in innovation to create economic opportunities for all. So that's Murphy on that, and here's Governor Hochul. We're enacting a vision of New York where veterans can embark on incredible careers fighting climate crisis and green energy, offshore wind, where unions are strong and our infrastructure is resilient to withstand those 100-year storms. So, Marie, in, in that clip, that second clip, and Rye will get to you on Murphy on this in a minute, Hochul mentioned veterans in particular. Are some of these green jobs uh, somehow specifically tied to job opportunities for vets? Uh, I think there are are a few programs um, like that. Um, I think, you know, the the uh, that's sort of like, you know, a visionary statement. I feel like uh, folks were definitely disappointed that she didn't spend more time talking about climate. But uh, she did mention there the, the resilient infrastructure piece of things, which she has proposed quite a few um, you know, new programs and it's kind of leveraging the Environmental Bond Act that voters have approved to invest more in, um, you know, flood resiliency for for not just like local governments to, to invest in their infrastructure, but also homeowners to sort of prepare and then assist with repairs uh, after major flooding or, you know, other catastrophic sort of uh, natural disasters that we're maybe going to see more of with climate change. Yeah. And how about on the New Jersey side? job creation with respect to green energy, right? Yeah, I should say uh, the, one of the, the project that's left in New Jersey, Atlantic Shores, that, you know, under their sort of ambitious timeline, they could start construction this year. Um, so it's sort of the new projects that are further out. Um, and those would be a lot of union jobs is, is the hope. Um, and I think that, you know, if you look at the politics in New Jersey, uh, offshore wind was something that Republicans thought they could use against Murphy last year in the legislative elections, where there were 120 seats, all 120 seats in the legislature on the ballot. And and it did not work as an issue, uh, arguably. I mean, there are more Democrats now in the legislature than there were um, before the last election. Um, so, you know, if Murphy's clean energy agenda was tested last year, um, it, it will pass that test. And so with, you know, two years left in his term, I think he's really trying to get things done and and trying to create this sort of virtuous circle that he thought he could create between industry's need for power, predictable power. You know, offshore wind might be more expensive, but it's never going to boom and bust like oil does, where you see spikes in oil barrel prices and that kind of thing. And then union jobs. So you have energy creation, clean energy, environmentalists, labor, all this stuff is sort of the, the project that he was really working on to create a political coalition. And if that's going to happen, it needs to happen soon. Listener writes, please ask the guests about California's pullback on solar subsidies and whether we face a similar risk in New York and New Jersey. Right. Let me stay with you on this first. Um, I think this has been a back and forth between the Christie administration 
and even the Corzine administration, which came before it, uh, uh, and 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 maybe the the Murphy administration, which came after it, whether there are subsidies for individuals who put up uh, solar energy, you know, solar heating panels on their roofs. Yeah, I think that there has been a recent effort to sort of rein in some of that spending, and you're seeing some focus in New Jersey on um, community solar projects, which are projects where um, a developer puts up a solar project, and then people in, in you know in that utility service area say, "Hey, I want a piece of that power," and are sort of paying for that clean energy, which is partly subsidized, you know, by the state or encouraged by the state. And so I think we're seeing a shift in New Jersey toward that and away from the sort of generous and people would complain overly generous subsidies um, that you saw, you know, a decade or so ago, which I think many people have begun to think were too, too generous and too expensive. Is there a similar conversation or a policy pull and push happening in New York, Marie, with solar subsidies? Well, uh, in terms of the, you know, the homeowner and the, um, how those are work we've kind of moved a little bit away from the basic net metering model uh in new york already uh, i think you know we're continuing to definitely see major subsidies for solar uh especially when it comes to community solar which which i think um you know for folks in new york city and and in other places where there are a lot of renters and people who maybe don't have access or the ability to to pay you know upfront costs for for solar panels on their home or or own their own home um, the governor is, is pushing a program to expand access to that for low-income customers in particular by having utilities sort of contract out for it and um, automatically giving credits to, to low-income customers. And one more thing on this, a listener writes, on solar energy, we really need a robust program for landlords to install solar on their properties. All the incentives out there are targeted at homeowners. Xander in Brooklyn, you're on WNYC. Hi, Xander. Hey, Brian. Thanks so much for taking my call, and thanks to your guests for all of their work. I have a question about if there's going to be any subsidies or legislation or grants available to incentivize regenerative agriculture, or specifically community-based composting, uh, which has so many educational and community-building benefits, as well as all of the benefits that go to diverting organic waste and making use of it. Do you know of any of those, either in New Jersey or New York, coming up? especially in the wake of the city cuts that happened locally. Marie, do you know for New York? Uh, I'm not familiar with any of uh, any major sort of new funding programs for that. Personally. And Rye, composting in New Jersey? Ditto. Not, not something on my radar right now. Sorry, Xander. Good question. We couldn't get you an answer. We'll try to get it on a future show. Izzy in the Bronx. You're on WNYC. Hi, Izzy. Hi, how are you? Can you hear me now? Yep, we hear you. Okay. Um, I'm a retired meteorologist. Um, we've always known that the greatest contributor to uh, CO2 uh, contaminants in the air and other stuff is from commuting, mostly from traffic. Um, and I find that the city and state um, of New York and New Jersey also have not been very serious about trying to reduce commutation they have to they should be supporting mass transit more the congestion pricing should help a little bit maybe they should give some subsidies to carpooling 
Uh, I was upset when the Port Authority uh, ended the carpool discounts over the Hudson River because that uh, would have helped. I've been plugging for uh, reduced commutation since uh, I lived in uh, Massachusetts and uh, had Bonnie Frank. I used to write him letters in the 1980s because we already saw the problem of subsidizing yeah. with tax breaks companies that don't require people to come to work, okay? Uh, Mayor Adams uh, started insisting that his employees show up at work. Um, so, so, okay, I know it affects businesses, it affects real estate, but it also is a very good climate saver, okay? I understand. And as I'm going to leave it there because we're running out of time in the segment. But this is obviously a big point of contention between the two governors, the congestion pricing plan for driving into Manhattan Central Business District below 60th Street. Um, and Rye, you write, the lack of a plan in New Jersey and a Murphy lawsuit aimed at New York is creating the unusual situation where the governor of one state is being blamed for the problems in two. Remind us again, um, well, does, does Murphy, I mean, climate is one of the big reasons for congestion pricing, in addition to funding the end the MTA, and reducing ground-level pollution, uh, you know, it's considered circular if it works. If there's more money to build better mass transit, then there'll be fewer people who even want to drive their cars, tolls aside, into the business district. But Murphy is against it. Does he have a climate rationale or a climate alternative for all the people who want to drive, either just within New Jersey or into New York? You know, I think he would say that there are some, you know, traffic jams in certain parts of New Jersey created by congestion pricing. But no, overall, his complaint is that his residents are going to have to pay more. And he feels like that's um, unfair or discrimination or wasn't correctly considered um, by, uh, you know, either the Federal Environmental Review or by New York's MTA. Um, the crux of it is, you know, drivers are going to have to pay more. And that's unpopular. Um, there are some nuances there, but I think that's what's happening um, in, in many of his arguments. Um, so that puts him at odds with uh, a lot of the New York, you know, civic, environmental and business community. And back home in New Jersey, you know, the New Jersey transit is facing a deficit that opens this summer and a bigger one next summer. And there isn't right now a plan to fill that budget gap. And it's creating, um, you know, a lot of headaches on the transit front for for Murphy. And really, I think raising questions, <clears throat> as we reported, among environmentalists um, and people who care about transit, about whether, you know, the governor is serious. All right. So as we move from state of the state season to the actual legislative seasons, just focus us as we conclude this segment on one big bill to watch if people are climate concerned, one big bill to watch in each legislature. Marie, you have one for New York? Uh, definitely, I would say what happens with, with the NY Heat uh, proposal and what gov the Governor Hopeful has proposed, obviously all eyes on sort of the Assembly Democrats. Rye, one for Trenton? There's a 100% clean energy bill. I'm going to cheat. It's being paired with a grid modernization bill that would get the unions on board. Um, so those two together, uh, if they move or don't move, are the things to watch. And that's our Climate Story of the Week. We thank Marie French and Rye Rivard 
who cover energy and the environment for Politico in New York and New Jersey, respectively. Thank you both so much. Thank you. Thank you.